You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, defensively, the effort was valiant. Offensively, many, many questions still loom. You're Locked On Browns, post-game show, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your local experts, along for the ride on the biggest stories, Cleveland Brown-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. In the end, it's a Los Angeles Rams 22-13 victory. Four shots from the five. Um, one of the better things you were doing all day was Nick Chubb. Had all your timeouts. Didn't use to go that route. Uh, I, I guess we'll start on the positive note, Pete, here. Because um, most of the time, I mean, the team's going to start a completely different secondary. Um, you got to give some credit here. The fact that the Rams only put up 20 and the effort this defense gave you, that's definitely one of the brighter spots here today, uh, you know, of, of what came out of this. You got everything you could have asked for out of that group and the defense as a whole. Uh, I mean, if you were coming into this game saying that you were going to give up three points and a half and, you know, have them in position where the offense could win the game on, on multiple occasions – you would have taken that every time. And that's exactly what they did. They got, uh, they, they held the Rams when they needed to hold them. They ca caused turnovers that could have been game changing. And, you know, you got plays out of guys, you got to play, you got an interception out of a guy who signed Friday. And granted, he was familiar with uh, the scheme. He was here all off season and stuff, but still you signed a guy on Friday and he delivered for you. Uh, a big play and the other side of the ball just couldn't do anything with it. It's, it's terrible from that point. Um, you know, you, you know, you, the running game, they really got nothing going other than that first drive. The Rams, you know, a little bit going the first drive of the second half. Other than that, you shut that down all day. Um, you know, TJ Carey, you know, played lights out and obviously Justin Burris, uh, you know, Joe Schobert, you know, was able to tip that one. Uh, you got the fumble, which led to the 6-3 halftime lead. You know, defensively, you're, 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 there's just no level of how excited you could be from the effort you got from what was a, a scratch job effort. They pretty much, in our opinion, Pete, followed the game plan. He tried to get Goff a little bit off of his spot. Um, uh, Jermaine Whitehead, I've seen enough of that. I, it's to know I've never, I don't want to see any more of it ever again. Obviously, today, you know, didn't matter. Hell, Pete, you even got a goal line stop from freaking Chad freaking Thomas. Well, we'll have to check the tape on that. But, uh, yeah, I, I expect <laughs> Jermaine Whitehead will be cut, period. It's not his first uh, issue with this. He had a personal foul that was stupid in the first game against the Tennessee Titans on the first drive against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and, obviously, he – you know, the, the touchdown he gave up uh, for the missed jam – uh, trying to punch the bunch was some of the hor most horrific technique you could ever ask for. He put his head down and lunged, missed, and got beaten badly. And it's just – it's awful. And he's not done anything where you're sitting there going, wow, you know, this guy can do something. He's terrible. And it so sort of emphasizes the issues the Browns have at safety, uh, strong safety, the – you know, obviously – they traded Jabril Peppers and they're not getting anything out of that position. Obviously Morgan Burnett was, has been better and they missed him, but Jermaine White has, has made himself not gone from just being 
unplayably bad to actually specifically costing you yards and points. Just, you know, he's obviously not getting it done. Um, Mac Wilson, Joe Schobert, even though, look, I mean, you know, the Rams know what they're doing. They, they know how to play goal. There's times where, you know, obviously you get, they, you know, they get you coming forward when you need to be going backwards. You know, that's just part of the fact when you're dealing with an elite team like the Rams. But I did think for the most part that the, um, the Browns were able to keep uh, defensively, especially with the, you know, the seven in the line and seven on the box. I thought that was a great job on their part. And they were able to, you know, generate pressure and to keep, you know, the Rams on their toes, which, you know, you hold the Rams to 20 points. It's, it's the most valiant of efforts there is. There's no question. Uh, you got plays from everybody on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, look, you, you've got uh, – T.J. Carey was outstanding. Uh, he got obviously beat on, on the one touchdown, uh, which is really bad technique on his part. He got caught sort of screwed into the ground type deal. But he made big plays. He got the interception. He made a big uh, play to uh, get a pass breakup. He made a couple big tackles. Like, you know, you got a lot of big plays from guys. Larry Ogunjobi made a couple big plays. Miles Garrett is still Miles Garrett. Joe Shubert is great. Um, he just uh, – you the, the Browns' defense looks like a Super Bowl-caliber unit, and they need somebody to step up on the other side of the ball. Uh, we're going to get to that here in a minute. But, um, you know, you, you know, obviously, you know, Garrett, with the, uh, obviously with the strip sack, Larry Ngobi with the sack, you know, pressure was on. Um, you know, obviously, Goff, you know um, – you know, off at times, uh, TJ Carey, interception, uh, seven tackles, uh, you know, two pass breakups. Phenomenal day just all around from TJ Carey. Um, kind of, you know, what you kind of expected you know, when he had, you know, surpassed essentially Terrence Mitchell, where Carey's now got that nickel spot. And obviously Mitchell, you know, with getting passed over by Greedy Williams, but, you know, came in, gave, a, you know, didn't pout about it, came in today, you know, gave every drop of effort he could. Uh, look, I mean, defensively, nobody points finger at here. Uh, they did everything, and even that last drive where, you know, Schobert tipped it, uh, Burris intercepted it, and Joe, just get out of his way. I'm not really sure what Joe was doing there. Uh, Burris easily could have picked up another 10 to 15 yards. But you can't point the finger here at the defense. Now, this is the second week in a row. They've gotten the job done. Um, we're going to get to the offense here in a minute, but you've you got to help these freaking guys out, and it's a train wreck on that other side of the ball. We'll get to that here in a minute. Mac Wilden. Mac Wilden is better than whatever you are wearing right now. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, space, LOCKED, space, ON. Appreciate the folks over at MacWeldon. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app via the Vivid Seats loyalty program. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Look, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in concert or seeing our favorite teams at the ballpark or theater or things of that nature. With Vivid Seats uh, Rewards Loyalty Program, you can attend a concert or show of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats Rewards. For the month of September, earn double credit back from 10 to 15% on all your purchases through the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. 
fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Use the promo code KICKOFF, all caps, no space at checkout, to receive a discount of up to $100. Now, Pete, headed to the other side of the ball. Uh, if it's not done, I mean, especially today, if it wasn't done within two seconds, you've got nothing out of the passing game. The fact that Baker Mayfield, second-year quarterback, and look, the Rams are a good defense. I'm not going to deny that. But 18 to 36 is terrible. There were <clears throat> times where you, you had trips on one side and all three receivers were within essentially four to five yards of each other. Either everybody's not on the same page or whatever the page is, throw it in the freaking fire pit and get a new one. Yeah, I, I, my issues with the, the Browns offense start with Freddie Kitchens, but it, 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 as bad as the play calling is on some of these things, it starts for me with personnel groups. I don't understand how you can justify an offense where you're saying we're, we're counting on Pharaoh Brown to deliver on a consistent basis. Like it, it doesn't, I, I can't like defend that. There's nothing like, I, I don't understand it. I get they're trying to max protect, but it, you know, in losing David Njoku is obviously huge, but they can't literally cannot adjust away from that. And that is a failure on the head coach. That is a failure on John Dorsey for putting together the roster that can't deal with an injury. Uh, one single injury has completely uh, torpedoed the offense in terms of that respect. I, I, don't, I don't understand some of the thoughts in terms of play calling in the ways they get the ball to Nick Chubb. Uh, like – Beyond the stupid, like, Baker Mayfield completely, uh, you know, loses it all over the field, vomiting all over himself on that one handoff. Like, there, there's like a, a one-yard, like a half-yard pitch to Chubb where he's going right up the middle. It, like, that stuff just doesn't make any sense to me. There, there, the, some of the screen game was really effective, and some of it was just looked like a team that, that knew they could not do anything else. They had no downfield threats until the very last drive of the game when, you know, they, they had to sort of chuck it up and those type of things. Uh, there's just – none of that stuff makes sense. And then the other huge problem with, with this right now is Baker Mayfield. And he is playing terribly. And he's creating a lot of his own issues. Uh, beyond, you know, he, he will – evacuate clean pockets he yep. will drop too far back for pass sets so like it'll look like the offensive tackles are getting blown by and they're specifically dropping to a certain point and baker mayfield drops too far back so they're just getting run by because offensive linemen obviously can't see uh where baker is and he's making it making them like some of these defensive pass rushes have basically a runway to him uh he is holding on to the, he, he will not give up on plays that aren't there uh he, he doesn't quit on plays he took some sacks that were just just terrible in terms of 
negative plays. And obviously, you know, on like the Aaron Donald sack, that's just, that's, that was just him making a freaking play. He beat Joel Batonio and he made the sack in like two seconds. That's, you know, you can complain all you want about that. That's, that's reality. That's just how it goes. Uh, but like the, the, the Clay Matthews sack on the same drive was not giving up on the play, trying to roll out into nothing when it was a relatively clean pocket and you just had to get out of the play out of the play and he missed throws. He shouldn't miss uh, just, it, you know, we can start referring to it as a, a sophomore slump because that's what it has become. But like a lot of it is just stupid in that it's stuff that Baker Mayfield knows better about and it. And it's, it's not executing, but again, this goes back to John Dorsey who has now set, who built a team where Baker Mayfield doesn't trust his protection and now we are seeing what's happening as a result. He can't trust his tackles. He's going too far outside. He wants to leave uh, pockets because he's feeling pressure that isn't actually there. And that goes down to roster construction. And it's not, uh, and it's not that they traded Kevin Zeitler. I think for the most part, Eric Cush is okay. He's not good, but he's okay. It's that Chris Hubbard contract is abominable. He cannot play. Obviously, he wasn't out there tonight. And then you, you, you had to put Justin McCray in there who did all he can do, but the, you know, and maybe if you have a healthy Drew Forbes that they can throw him out there, but then you're counting on basically a sixth, sixth round rookie as your, as a tackle. So Kendall Lamb, obviously out of their control, but you know, there comes a point where I, I get some of this is just awful luck, but I also think some of this is just the, the roster construction doesn't make sense for what they're doing. So, uh, first and foremost, it's Freddie Kitchens and, and Baker Mayfield. Uh, those are the two issues on this offense. The other things are all secondary or, or, or tertiary after that. But those are where this whole thing starts. The game was there to be had. And I think that's what makes this frustrating is there were a lot of people sort of prepared for this to get ugly. And the defense played well enough, not just to win, but to take full control of this and, and really send a message to the rest of the league. And right now, Steve Wilkes looks like he's going to get a head coaching offer for somewhere. And Freddie Kitchens looks like he may not be back for the bye week the way it's going. And, and look, we talked about this. The Browns could very well end up two and four heading into the bye week and be fine. But at the same time, some of the things that need to get fixed aren't getting fixed and they're getting worse. So none of those things are acceptable. Uh you know, a couple of, you know, obviously the screen game, Nick Chubb becoming a full-time back. Those things look good for the most part. Um, you know, obviously they kind of fell in love with it, um, which, you know, by the end and even that last one where Howard Donald, you know, I mean, he's playing, you know, manned up on the right tackle, you know, screen left. And, you know, it was just becoming that obvious at that point where, you know, come on, you guys got to have more in the playbook. The thing for me, though, is there's zero confidence from Freddie there looks like there's zero confidence from Baker. He looks night and day, Pete, from what the player we saw from the second half of last season, where every time he went to the line or every time he looked out to wide receivers to the right or left to adjust something, it was absolute confidence. There is none of that there now. Um, I'm going to get to that final four-play sequence, which was dog crap, to say the least. But th it doesn't – there's no reflection of confidence – there's no reflection of they feel what they're about to do is going to lead to something big. And even the plays that, you know, even the last one where, where Jarvis, you know, on the last drive, got him down, I guess it was 28-yard reception. 
Baker's so excited. He's down there 30 yards trying to throw a block because I guess it was just the, oh, wow, we did something. This is not what it was supposed to be on paper, man. No, uh, absolutely not. The offense was and, – and some of this is a failure in the DNA of who they hired. Uh, Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin are Bruce Arians guys, and Bruce Arians is more than happy to let his quarterback get drilled for the sake of big plays. And, you know, in that respect, the Browns are, you know, doing exactly what Bruce Arians would be doing with this offense. But I hate Bruce Arians. I hated his offenses when he was here. And this is the reason, because he would do this stuff, let his quarterback get drilled and hope for big plays. They need to play faster. They need to get the ball out on time. And obviously when the Browns were able to do that, I mean, they went over it, over it, you know, beat the drum over and over again, pointing – to the fact that when the Browns were able to get the ball out on time, they were great. And when they weren't, they were off. It was the exact opposite. And again, a lot of that is on Baker Mayfield. The tackles to go seven and nine step drops and expect this thing to work out. They just aren't there. You don't have the offensive tackles to do this thing where you can have these extended hold onto the ball forever type throws unless you're able to do some of these other things and sort of create your own timing. But the problem is when you aren't getting anywhere and you do that over and over again, then you just become repetitive and the defensive ends or defensive line in general sort of counts on that. And they're sort of waiting for that next move. And then they can easily sack the quarterback. You have to be able to deliver on time and, uh, and, and those type of things. And obviously, uh, you know, Nick Chubb did his part. Uh, to, you know, we talked about this. You needed a credible running game. They got it. You needed to get the ball out, out quickly, keep this thing on schedule. And, and a lot of the time it was there to do this. Uh, and then you had to, you know, it, whoever was going to protect their quarterback better was ultimately going to win this game. And that's what happened. But the problem is it wasn't the line. It was Mayfield himself. Um, and I go back to just some of the stuff that doesn't look like anybody has any idea what they're doing. Um, what led to the Demetrius Harris touchdown, the play before the Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, Baker brings Odell in. What are you snapping the ball for? If you know he's on the line of scrimmage, you know he's the X, why are you not staring at him and making sure he's set? Like, w w what is your thinking? Like, Pete, that's like high school crap. Right. There's that. There's, there's, you know, not being able to get lined up. Like the formation penalty on Odell Beckham was embarrassing. The formation penalty on Pharaoh Brown was embarrassing. That's that's beyond basic. And I don't know if that was. But that's you know, that not. Was, I mean, that has nothing to do with being new. Um. Oh wait, you're on the line of scrimmage. That means I can't be. Or I mean, some of that stuff. I mean, it's A, Bs, and Cs. Right. And and the one I'm wondering about is the one with Odell Beckham in particular, because. You know, it's like he motioned him over specifically so he could snap the ball. Like, at first you're like, okay, maybe he's just moving him to sort of, you know, set up, you know, set him in a better spot to do whatever he needs to do. Uh, but then he snapped the ball. And it's like those things just can't happen. Those are just stupid penalties that aren't, aren't because the defense made you do it. It's not like – you know, you're getting a false start because you're worried about Aaron Donald jumping off the line. It's not a holding penalty because, you know, Dante Fowler flew up the field. It's you couldn't get lined up correctly. And that makes you look stupid and un, un, unwinnable. 
you know, it just makes you look like you have no business being out there. And that was too often the trend with this offense. There's one thing I want to touch on the, the idea that, so there's a lot of people who are pissed off about running seams down, down inside your, on that third and 10 or whatever it was uh, where they're saying it's like too long of a pass play. Seems it's not a long pass play. It's mm-hmm. supposed to, it's, it's designed to go right behind the backers and throw the ball. That is supposed to be out right now. When it doesn't work, it looks like you're just running like essentially, you know, either a bomb or a Hail Mary or whatever. But it's not designed to do that. It's one it's of the fastest best ways you can run. It's, it's not four verts. It, it's, you know, everybody uses it. And it, what it is, it's, you know, you deep the linebackers. Um, ideally, you do it with a little bit of a, you know, full handoff uh, to your running back to at least, you know, freeze them a tiny bit. Um, that's not it. I mean, that, that's not the issue, Pete. But, let, I mean, now we'll get to this. First and goal from the five. It doesn't matter the time. You had all three timeouts. One thing that was working for you is Nick Chubb. The other thing is, you went out and paid a pretty good price for Odell Beckham Jr. If you're going to put trips to one side of the field, Odell Beckham Jr. better be the solo wide receiver on the other side. This is what you paid him for. This is what you brought him in here for. You don't take a shot to him. Harris, seriously? That, that, that's, you know, game on the line, as piss poorly as you played for 59 minutes, you've got a gift to maybe send this game to overtime and you can't find one decent play call to run from the freaking five? Well, this is another thing. I hate empty with young quarterbacks in general in the NFL. But, but both uh, in this and other games I saw today, it, it just – it eliminates an option for you. You can't – like Nick Chubb was your best offensive player and you're, you're basically giving away the game that he's not in the backfield. There's no – possibility of a play action there's no possibility he's getting the ball there's no possibility of anything you know it's straight pass and you've now given them a a a free read on that so what are they gonna do they're gonna pin their ears back and run up the field which is when they are at their best when the browns had their most success it was because they were able to get guys like aaron donald to take a wrong uh read or whatever go to the wrong hole attack and sort of work behind him when you go to empty in that situation, you are making it very easy to do that. So if you're going to run empty out of that stuff, it has to be like a right now pass. It has to be really quick. You have to take advantage of the fact you've got five uh, options out there and get the ball out quickly to one of them. And when you don't do that, it just becomes a busy uh, area because you're, you're at the goal line and it, you know, they don't have as much space to cover. So when you've got five receivers out there and a bunch of DBs compensating, it's just, it's just crowded at that point. It becomes really difficult to do anything. And it just, it just made no sense from a schematic standpoint. And, and with that, like, I, I don't know, again, I've talked about this. I don't think switching play callers is going to be some silver bullet to this thing uh, because he's in his headset. So unless you know, Freddie Kitchens is basically telling him to screw off. I, I, I got this and I'm going to run, you know, a different thing. The assumption is they're discussing this and agreeing on their, their plan of attack. And it's not where, you know, it just doesn't work. But again, I think some of this goes to the DNA of being in that Bruce Arians mold 
And I think they need to adapt and get out of it because that's not realistic to what they're doing. Like I get it. That was a big selling point with Munkin coming in here is he goes down the field, but you don't have the guys to do that against the team like the Rams. You don't have the guys to do that against the team like uh, the Tennessee Titans. And this is what happens when you say we're going to do it anyway. And you end up with a quarterback who doesn't trust what he's looking at, sees ghosts and sort of creates his own issues. Yeah. I But I mean, for me, you know, how you, you know, whatever empty, however you don't want to do it. I mean, empty set, you know, four on one side trips on one, how you do this. And it's not, you find a way to at least get Odell on one side by himself and take a shot there. I don't care what the route is. I mean, I know the fade isn't what it used to be, but this is what you brought him in here for. This is what he's supposed to be here for. Um, just piss poor management of the talent. Um, and look, this offense has been a snooze fest through three weeks. That's probably one of the nicer ways to describe it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, even last week, it wasn't great. And you paid, you know, essentially a, a, a practice squad. That's how beat up the Jets were. Just, you know, right now, I mean, you know, whatever jokes are coming the Browns' way, you want to call it an embarrassment on offense, all of those things, yeah. I mean, I, I can't argue with it. This is not what was put here in place. Uh, I don't want to care what the excuses are. This is now through three games. This is 180 minutes of football. This is 12 quarters. This offense looks terrible. Um, so you need to get Baker the hell out the funk. You need to, you know, get going here. Um, you know, I hate to say it's getting late early, but it could be getting late early, um, you know, with the, especially with what's coming up here with the next three games. Um, Pete's going to get you uh, the good folks from Blue Cheer here in a second, but tonight's Locked on Browns podcast is sponsored by Packed Car Insurance. Here's a question I've always wondered. Why do you have to pay for your car insurance when you're not using your car? In 2019, how many people commute for work or the weekends with Uber or Lyft and you're not doing those things? So with Pact, you can pause your car insurance when you are not driving. That's right. Pause your car insurance right from their easy-to-use app. Pact is a top-five-ranked car insurance app because you can get a quote instantly, change your policy for free, and now pause your coverage. Available on both iPhone and Android. Go to PactAuto.com. That's P-A-C-T-Auto.com to get a quote and start imagining the pause abilities. I'm going to give the Pact performance player of the game. I'm going to give it to TJ Carey. Uh, I think he was outstanding tonight. Um, obviously, the interception, two pass breakups, leading tackler. TJ Carey will be your impact Pact insurance player of the game. Pete, uh, do you want to give it to the entire offense? Do you want to give it to Baker? Do you want to give it to Freddie? Somebody's got to get some blue chew, brother. Uh, if I give it to anybody, it's, it's Baker Mayfield. He is the sole – he's the biggest issue right now. Uh, but uh, the g good folks of Blue Chew, uh, blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the FDA – Approved active ingredient, the same as uh, Viagra and Cialis. You know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Uh, they will uh, take care of you in terms of making it easy to get a prescription. Uh, discreet in terms of shipping. And uh, go ahead and check out the lock, Locked On promo code. L-O-C-K-E-D-ON. Uh, and... Uh, maybe you can do something more productive with your Sunday night than, than the Browns offense did. 
Um, as far as the Zabo apparel giveaways, uh, I'm pretty sure somebody had 20 to 13. Um, the Nick Chubb over, Odell Beckham Jr., the under, Baker Mayfield, the under. Uh, I'll get those up on Twitter tomorrow. Uh, should have winners on both of those. So thanks, everybody. And I uh, obviously appreciate folks over at Zabo. Um, obviously, we've gone through what was the good of today. We've gone through the bad. We've gone through the ugly. But, Pete, here it is. You're going to Baltimore next week. You're one and two. Baltimore right now is two and one. You get this ship righted. You were tied for first next Sunday with the Baltimore Ravens in the division. You lose this one, and now you're a quarter way through the season. Baltimore's already got a two-game lead. This needs to get corrected, and this ne- you need to get out of there Sunday with a win. Baltimore came a little bit down to earth today. Obviously, you know, Kansas City, well, you wouldn't really think the Kansas City defense was going to do it. But, they, you know, obviously they held them down long enough. But this needs to get righted. Um, otherwise, you know, Baltimore can almost be in a position where they can kind of go run away and hide because Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are looking like just straight gimmies, and Baltimore's got still four to go with them. Right. So, look, a win would be enormous for the Browns. I, I don't, you know, if they lose, it's not the end of the world, but it certainly puts them in a hole. Again, you know, Coming into the season, we looked at this and we said two and four was a real possibility for those those first six games. And uh, you don't want to end up at two and four. But the fact is that if you survive, which is part of the issue, they're, they're losing so many guys to injuries, and you get to two and four and you get to the bye week and, and you have opportunities to really sort of fix things uh, and you come out firing, you can run off a ton of wins and get back in this thing. I mean – the Ravens are two and one and two of their wins are the Dolphins and the Cardinals. It's, you know, the Browns play both of those teams the second half of the year and they're both awful. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's, you know, a win changes everything in terms of the where, where everybody feels this is because the AFC North right now has three wins total. Bengals and the Steelers have zero uh, and the Ravens have two. So, you know, obviously if the Browns can tie this thing up and go get to two and two, that's great, but it's really not, you know, it, it sucks and it's going to ask, have forced us to ask a lot of questions, but one in three un, still, believe it or not, won't be the end of the world just because of the way things end up and the, the, the teams they have to play. So it will be an agonizing, it could be an agonizing ride to get there uh, to where the Browns are rolling, but you know, it, it's not the end of the world if the Browns lose to the Ravens. However, it may be, it certainly will feel like it if the offense does not improve uh, and, and the defense continues to put up these efforts to, you know, winning game, win, winning efforts, and the offense keeps throwing them away, you know, we're going to get to a point where there's finger pointing and, and you know, all that stuff that, that comes with it. The offense is a disgrace right now, and that's, that's my bigger issue. Than, that's more important to me right now than wins and losses. I think even if you won this game, as great as it would be, it doesn't change the fact the offense is a genuine ab- abomination right now. Yeah, they, it's, there's just literally nothing, nothing going on there. And it's, you know, it, it almost seems like when they do rip off a play of decent gain, okay, it's, it's a more of, okay, what happened? You're almost more concerned of what did the defense not do as opposed to what the Browns offense did. Uh, you know, I love, you know, obviously, you know, the uh, – the quick release stuff, that was fantastic. And it, it got ba- Baker in a rhythm, but then they kind of went away from it. And 
then when they did, he kind of, I don't know. It's just, it, it's frustrating. And 18 for 36, just ain't going to cut it. And it's where we're at right now. Um, and I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, if you want to use the certain word sophomore slump, whatever negativities you want to rain down on this offense right now, they deserve it. Just straight up not getting it done. And no, it's not because not Kevin Zeitler isn't here. There is, you know, the offensive line is doing a good enough job. You're not getting enough from your quarterback, which means you're not getting enough from your skill. Uh, I'll kind of take Nick Chubb out of this equation because I think Nick right now is doing all he can. Need more. Just absolutely need more. Uh, guys, make sure you're checking out all of Pete's stuff over at uh, Browns Maven, obviously under the umbrella of SI now, which is great for Pete and a bunch of other guys that we all know, uh, you know, covering you, whether it's the college aspect or the pro aspect, uh, you know, specific teams and universities through Maven. Everybody's doing a great job over there. And it's great to see that growth for all those guys. So make sure you're following Browns Maven on Twitter. Obviously, check it out. Uh, you know, jump into the forums there. I'm sure they'll be hot and heavy this week with a lot of very excited and pissed off Browns fans. Uh, make sure you're following Pete uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore. The show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase, follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Um, look, tough one here. And, you know, the worst part about it is what we talked about is if you learn how to be a good team, you learn how to win games you shouldn't have. You had the opportunity there in the last two minutes to at least get yourself to a 20-20 tie, or even if you had that hair on your balls to get yourself a 21-20, go for two and win it. You, you've got to seize these opportunities. Um, a, it's for confidence. Uh, B, it's, you know, every win counts. Uh, just, you know, tough one tonight, and it's frustrating because it's disparaging as it all seemed when it started about what you were throwing out there on that defense. But they weren't the problem. They certainly got the damn job done. Uh, we'll get to, you know, normal schedule here. Obviously, as we roll on two to week four, it'll be next Sunday versus the Ravens. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.